short this time because uh because we lack energy we lack energy we're pretty exhausted there's there's a whole mess of things going on right now that uh just kind of suck you know i think that's the best way to put it yeah i mean it's just if if we were um If we were doing these episodes come out so far um, in advance of real time. Like, okay, here's what's ironic is last week we uh, recorded Knock Down the House and it's going to air prior to this episode coming out. But just this week, you guys, is when um, uh, Representative Gosmer, is that how you you say Gosmer or Gosmer? I don't know. Homie. Homie. I'm going to call him homie because he's a clown. And uh, he... He tweeted out that uh, pictorial uh, cartoon of assaulting AOC, and it just turned into this just very sophomoric issue within the House of Representatives. And so AOC's been in the spotlight a lot this week, and we just talked about her last week, and it just turned into this deal. And I'm like, huh, who'd, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk look, that she'd have been in the spotlight so much this week after we just talked about her last week? Look at and what so, God did. Look at God's Look time. at God all of a sudden. Wow. But, um and, and so there's just a lot going on uh, this week. Uh, the Amon Arbery trials, big deal this week. Uh, that's a shit show. The, I mean, Kyle, the Kyle Rittenhouse trials Rittenhouse. going on. That's another shit show. I'm to the point, like, right now where, like, if God was just like, screw it, I'm just gonna end. I'm just gonna end it right now. We're just gonna. I'm here for it. <laughs> we're just gonna end it. I'd be like, that's cool, man. I've, Me too. I've done everything I wanted to do in my life for the most part. Like I'm, I'm good. Let's. let's I'd be like, I get it, my man. I, I get it. I'd be hey, worn bro. out with my creation too. I'd yeah. be like, y'all are fools. <laughs> yeah, let's just. <laughs> Let's just let's just get it over with, please. Wrap up this dog and pony show, Lord. I know you're listening, and I, it sounds like we're joking a little bit, but we're also not joking. So, kidding, not kidding. Uh, okay, it's been, a, it's been a wild, wild That's, ride this it's, week. It's been a ride, it's and we are something. going to talk about some very uplifting. Uh, <laughs> <issues>. <laughs> this one was hard. We're talking. We're going to cover the documentary, the 2016 documentary, "Do Not Resist," and it so was yeah. hard. I watch. woke up. We're recording this at about 10:30. I woke up at about 7:30 and threw this on. And about five minutes in, I texted you and uh-huh. I said, "I don't think I can make it through this." Like Boy, I just don't. I told you. I just have to go on record saying I told you so. You told I, me so. I'm like, I had to break it up. I couldn't watch it oh, all in one session. It it's was hard bad. to watch. It it's was, hard to watch. It was bad. Um, so what is what is Do Not Resist about? Okay. <laughs> Do Not Resist, in a nutshell, is about the militarization of our policing in America. It's about, like, all the weaponry that's used overseas to fight literal wars being sent back stateside and given 
For free. For free. Well, yes, or subsidized Some, with. Sometimes it's free. Grant money. Yeah. It's to yeah. local law enforcement agencies and and these small, mostly small law enforcement agencies aren't really trained on how to use these uh, these tools and uh, and, uh. and the ramifications that follow. So, I mean, it starts just straight off the top. It starts right off. The um, you hear chance, no justice, no peace in 2014 in Ferguson. And um, I, I saw that. I was like, "Damn, we're just we're just we're getting right into the it. Off. We're just I mean, <laughs> there's no warning. Whipping right into it immediately, man. Yeah. Ugh. So it's ten days after Mike Brown was shot and killed by Officer uh, Darren Wilson. Um, Darren Wilson, you're never going to escape that. You shot yeah. and killed that boy. I mean, sorry, sorry, I'm not sorry. You shot and killed him, but yep. uh, the protests continue. Um, and they've they've instituted a, um, a midnight curfew in Ferguson, and so these which officers- let me say this too: um, curfews directly. <laughs> first off, they're for teenagers. Second off, that I feel like that directly violates the constitutional right to mm-hmm. have freedom of assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of you know, uh, it's just real interesting that police do that. Uh, only when people happen to be protesting the police. It's just, you know, it's interesting. We'll say. Honestly, I haven't ever, I've never known of another the time. The only that curfew time you see a curfew is when the police fuck up and people are letting the police know how badly they fucked up. And uh, that's it. And then so they're I like, was, oh, curfew. Everybody's got to go inside. I wrote in my notes, I'm like, what time is it even? Because I don't even know yeah. what time it is. But there's people walking the streets and they're saying, we can't, um, like the protesters are like, just so you know, we can't guarantee your safety if you stay out after midnight, which they're like, I mean, I'm like, you shouldn't have to say that. You shouldn't have yeah. to be like, the police are going to get you if you stay out too late. But um, The police should not be out to get anybody. They should be there to keep the peace and protect the community and they're not doing that you know shooting tear gas at groups of preteens i don't think that's an effective way to uh keep the peace you know maybe maybe not the best call there boys and also i one thing i noticed too is we do see some footage prior to the police showing up and we see some, and then we see the police show up, and then we see the police begin to interact with the crowd. Uh huh. I know the same was, thing. There was no rioting. There was no looting. There was nothing happening. People were chanting, "Hands up! Don't shoot!" No justice, no peace. All, all the, all the typical hits you hear, you're hearing nowadays. And uh, nobody was looting anything. Nobody was robbing anything. There were no cars on fire. There were no buildings burnt down until the police showed up and started tear gassing people and, right. uh, you know, In hitting fact, people, people were, with clubs. People had, and, they had, they had uh, Bible verses and stuff, yep, you know. Passing out water, doing Christian things that and they Christ called interact- us to do. Right. Interacting with the press, giving interviews to the yeah. press about why they were upset, you know, very eloquently expressing exactly. their and they're they're saying exactly people. one kid one guy goes, you know, this is not the first time a kid has been shot unarmed by the police in this community. You know, he's like, I'm glad that this this time it's getting like national media attention, but this this happens 
like on a regular basis for us, you know, and, and, you know, it's just the fact that that statement has to be said, you looked at, you look at other developed nations throughout the world and you look at their statistics on police shooting. I mean, like there are very, very large, highly populated, wealthy countries that go entire years without the police killing anybody. Right. And it's just shock. And it's like, how? And it's, it's almost like police in America are manufacturing situations where they have to use force. Oh, well, and we're going to get into, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into, and we're going to get, I think it's important to say kind of off the, toward the top of the episode that, this is going to be one of those episodes where in many instances, two things can be true at the same time. Um, for instance, we do see a really good officer at the top of this episode interacting, like Clay said, interacting, engaging the crowd. But it takes more than one, right? It yeah. Takes, well, it, takes it, to be, it needs to be a cultural shift within yeah, the police. Yeah, exactly. And. And I think the reason, like, I've been, I've been told I have really big a cab energy. Um, you do, and, and you I do. like want t-shirts made. I do, and uh, and and again, I wanna, I wanna say this just so we can clarify this at the can top you of the episode. Explain a cab. A cab means all Christians are biblical. No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, it's an abbreviation for all cops are bastards. Um, ironically enough, uh, I think the coin, I might be wrong, but I'm almost positive uh, in my academic research that the <laughs> coin, the, the, the phrase was coined by white supremacist. Interesting. I'm almost, I'm almost positive I've, I have read that, which is really interesting to me. Because, like, the people that say it mostly now are <laughs> definitely not white not supremacists. White supremacist. That's aside from the fact. But the reason the reason that I do not trust the police at large, um, if you ask me straight up, I will acknowledge the fact hey. that they're uh, – ask me. I'm are there you. Are there good police officers? Are ask there good that. police officers, Clay? I believe that there are individuals who work their, their – daily job is to be a police officer and i believe that they are good individuals at heart i believe what would stop a what would stop a police officer from from doing the right thing a cultural bias when you are in a situation i i don't want to say peer pressure because that's like something like you hear about in middle school when your friends get you to do drugs or alcohol but you don't really do alcohol you drink out whatever but it's it's peer pressure. Like it's, it's it's really like, it's really is peer pressure. It's like, I believe that there are good individuals that are cops, but I believe that when those people clock into work, when they put on that badge and they, they step into their work, they're in that car, they're on the clock at their job. They are actively participating in a system that actively oppresses poor people, actively oppresses racial minorities, actively oppresses specific groups of people that are citizens or just, you know, people living in the United States. Um, And I think we see like good cops, like you mentioned, like the, the cop you mentioned, and then there's another person, there's like a policing conference kind of post Ferguson where there's some cops talking about it. 
And one of the gentlemen says, the moment y'all started deploying tear gas, that's when it goes from a demonstration to a riot. Like y'all mm-hmm. should have never, ever done that. And like, I wholeheartedly agree with him. But the thing is, that dude took a big risk in saying that in front of a microphone, in front of other cops. He's in a camera and a camera. He's at that point risking being ostracized by his coworkers, um, ostracized by his union, which were very pro union on this podcast, but not police unions. No, no, no. Cause they play into that systemic fear of good cops outing bad cops. There's so many stories that you can video interviews you can watch articles you can read of cops who are doing the right thing calling out calling out bad cops for doing bad cops things and they just magically end up getting fired or they magically end up not being police officers anymore or not being promoted yeah, to the or level not, they should or not being promoted to the level they should and that is because the system of policing in America has created a culture around like zero tolerance for specific groups of people, um, ostracizing those who point out faults within their own community. And that, that is why I have a cab energy. That is why I believe that any person who, if you're a cop, you clock into work, you at that point are actively partaking. And if, if you're standing up to the bad cops and you're doing that. That's awesome. Like I got a lot of respect for you doing that, but the majority of people that do that are not working in police work very much longer after that. So, and you know, my role, all the good on cops the show, are gone. My role on, well, I wouldn't say all of them are gone, but my role on this show is to be the yin to your gang. Yeah. And so, you know, I would check you on your facts yeah. if you were wrong, but Clay, yeah. I'm not wrong. not wrong. I'm not wrong. And you're that's, not wrong. And that's why that's why I feel that way about police. That's why I don't trust police because even if you are interacting, if if you're let's say you're in an altercation with a police officer, a verbal altercation, a disagreement, whatever. Let's say uh, you're talking to a bad cop and a good cop comes along, and the good cop and the bad cop are giving conflicting stories about you and what you did. The, the bad cops, cops the, the yeah. bad cops always gonna win. They're gonna go with the bad cop story. They're gonna try to justify the bad cop doing bad cop things all the time. Do you time. remember? Do you remember the conversation we had? I don't even remember how old you were, that I said to you, if you ever get jammed up in the wrong place at the wrong time, I want you to repeat two things. Do you remember what they were? No. <laughs> you don't? Well, it was, good. It was I'm a probably like, I want to talk to a lawyer or something. And? and was that one of them? Oh, yeah. And call you. Call you. Yes. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. That's right. I said, yeah. I want you repeat these two things on repeat and don't I wanna stop. Talk, I want to talk to I my auntie. I want to talk to my aunt. Yeah. Lawyer, auntie. That's right. Lawyer, well, auntie. Or your parents. But I just honestly, your mom's like a saint. And I my just mom's a saint. Get, we don't, so, we, we like, don't need to. She would be super sweet. And I'm like, I will come in there. Like, we don't. <laughs> well, yeah. And we, listen, listen, St. Andrea's got a lot on her plate. We don't, we don't need St. Andrea got, like, three foster to get, kids at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Like, I would just like. We don't, plane we don't need St. Andrea to get involved in any more stuff than she's already involved with. Right, you know? right. But I mean, if you did it, Clay, I will let you suffer your consequences. Just If TV I did games. it. If, if you I did, did it. it. But I'm like, you look me straight in the face because if you did something, yeah, you well, have, there are consequences. Yeah. And you but know at the I'm same a terrible time, liar. 
I know, I could probably tell. Anyway, we're, we're again, down a hole. So, like Clay said, uh, things were pretty peaceful. Like, people were walking around with their hands up, scripture, all that stuff, <laughs> until um, and a police are on full tactical uh, weapons, gear, uh, they're clearing buildings, all this stuff. Um, boom, tear gas is fired from a freaking tank, you guys. And then after all this nonsense, they're like clearing buildings and like, you know, like they're on some mission, like some military mission in Ferguson, Missouri, look which at my, is constitutionally look inappropriate. At, look at my you. fucking meal team six out here. It really the bellies flowing out of the uniforms. Good I'm God. Ridiculous. Ugh. And then one officer looks at another and says, yeah, fun have fun. Day? Have fun. And then That's they said shield bump. Bumps the Bump shield. shield. They're enjoying this shit. They're having fun shooting teenagers with rubber bullets and tear gas. Like, and they, oh. they say, keep moving. They're like announcing from keep moving, keep moving. If you don't keep moving, you will be arrested. And people are walking around with their hands up. And this most sickening scene, I think, was the flag. <sighs> this man standing there holding an American flag in one arm. It's upside down because he's in distress because that's what you do. And and then he, and he had his other arm. His posture was just like flat out, like I'm yeah. surrendering. I'm not a threat to you. To this MRAP, like I'm like, what is happening? So okay, now we're moving on to this police training. Which holy I mean, shit! I'm, I need to get a like oh. bucket. I need oh to get a bucket. God, so I can, if I throw up on accident, horrible. On so David oh, Gerson is the number one trainer of all U.S. military and local law enforcement in America. How is it possible, you ask? He's just um, a giant prick. I mean, he okay. <laughs> he ties George Zimmerman George Zimmerman with the smallest peen in America. This yes. guy, yes. So this we have guy. a just so we're clear, we have a new smallest. Smallest peen, peen award. in America. Okay. Goes to okay. Dave Grossman. Congratulations, yes. Dave. He is the definite. <laughs> you look up toxic masculinity in. That's, hey, that's a fact. In the dictionary, you will find Dave Grossman's picture. What did did you get any direct quotes from yeah. him? Yeah. How to fight violence with superior violence. Superior violence. Superior violence. Okay. Bang on his down. chest. Settle the freak down, Dave. Yeah. Settle down. Um. Violence is your tool and your remedy. And then he says, um, it's a perk that comes with the job. It's a perk. A perk. Being violent is a perk. And then he says, it's the best sex you'll ever have. Yeah. What the fuck? That's disgusting. That's just gross like and taking weird. Out, taking out the angst with hey, violence, like beating listen. somebody up. And this is why, this is why one of the largest demographics for domestic abuse in America are police officers. Police officers, because that's of right. This dude, right? That here. is also factual. That is also factual. Take it to the bank. So um, now we're at SWAT games, you guys, in Florida. So this is like a competitive, like sidebar thing that they get to go do as a team. Listen, it's guys. Like a team building listen. exercise. We all know. 
we we all probably know that one weird little homeschool kid who was maybe a little bit too obsessed with guns. We're not coming Sunday for homeschool, school by the way. We're we, not we no, homeschool. No. I mean, God some, love you. I could never do it. We know some awesome homeschool people, but we also know some not awesome homeschool people. Some of you need to like socialize a little bit more. Yeah, just, saying, but just like maybe we, join a health club or something. Sure. Yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. we all know that one little little homeschool boy in our Sunday school class. That was maybe a little bit too obsessed with guns, you know, maybe, 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 uh, fetishized weaponry a little bit too much, you know, imagine what that kid's view of like white Republican heaven is like, Oh gosh. And that's what this is. (laughs) That's like, which ironically is the exact opposite of actual heaven. I'm getting, right, exactly. Which is like, you know, yeah, that's oh, like, so that was the first thought that came into my head. You so know? this is, okay, so they're sickeningly getting interviewed on the side and they're talking about how much fun, I'm not joking, fun it is to serve a search warrant. How yeah. much fun. They're like, you know, they're like, yeah, man, got got our first no-knock warrant. I was just smiling the whole way. And now, like, every time we have new guys and it's their their first time, like, I always watch them. They're just, they're having the time of their life, man. feel like you're on top of the world going to destroy a poor, poor family's property looking for, like, a couple ounces of weed. Oh, my gosh. Man. And they say how they watch the, the newbies that come in and watch the glint in their eye and how fun it is and how, like, Man. just the smile that comes across their face every time they serve a warrant, their first warrant, how fun, how much fun. I'm like, this should not be fun. No, man. This is heartbreaking. Yeah, dude. Like, these are people's lives. And again, again, we're going to go back to other developed wealthy nations that kind of juxtapose the United States. Um, I know I've hit on this a couple times. Um, they treat drug issues, uh, like a medical issue, which addiction is, and they don't criminalize people who turn to relying on drugs. They help them get better and then help them to reintegrate into society Looking, looking for drugs and finding drugs should be about helping people get sober and be productive members of society. It should not be an excuse for a bunch of fucking meatheads to ride into a neighborhood on a tank, break people's windows, kick down doors and like just ruin people's homes. So our neighborhoods shouldn't be war zones, Clay? Our neighborhoods should not be war zones, Aunt Nay. We should oh, okay. uh, probably stop glorifying violence. Food for thought. <sighs> Food Interesting. For thought. Okay, know? so now we're at the International Police Chief Conference or Police Chief Convention in Orlando, Florida. And, I mean, all the top dogs are here uh, in in law enforcement. James Comey, Eric oh, Holder. Yeah. I mean, this is in 2014, or um, the the doc comes out in 2016, so this is in 2014. So James Comey is talking about um, warrior cops, and he says that he's he's basically justifying the use of warrior cops. Now, now James, sir, Mister Comey, sir. 
you've had a rough path. You've had a rough path. <laughs> he's he's had a rough. He's, rough a, path he's a divisive figure. Um, and I mean, I don't know. He's he's a controversial figure, but he says something here. He says monsters. He justifies basically warrior cops because monsters are real. Yeah, and he well, gives his rules speech and it's like full of shit it's like i told i used to tell my kids the monsters weren't real well i lied to my kids monsters are real and we're fighting them plot twist hear me out plot twist he's talking to a room full of the monsters himself Uh, exactly well and this is this is the this is the case so when police recruiting occurs it it attracts the bullied people and bullies, people that have a propensity to bully. And if you give a bully a badge and a gun, they know they're, who they're gonna, going after when they recruit people to be police officers. Right. They know they know damn well what they're doing. Which is why I'm such a proponent for major psychological testing. I mean, we we psychologically test the heck out of uh everything like i just don't know why we're so far behind in psychologically testing um our police any more than we do like it it just needs to be exhaustive because mental mental health is for the weak okay and when we have warrior cops our warrior cops can't be mentally weak and so if we make sure that they're in a mentally healthy space because mental health is for pansies. We're not going to have any more warrior cops to go destroy people's homes anymore. Sadly, I think there's a lot of truth to that mentality. We have to have warrior cops that are mentally unwell. And whenever James Comey talks about monsters being real, I think there are monsters out there, but unfortunately I think the monsters that exist are more um, likely to be in the form of, psychopathic serial killers than they are like what they're talking about. Um, You know, I think that they're outsmarting our police officers more than they are. I think we need more um, intellectual police officers than we do like these testosterone driven um, jackals that like, I don't know. I'm trying to filter myself. What's going on in my head right now is not. I was going to say jackasses, but. Well, what's going on in my head is super, super vile. So I'm just trying to filter. (laughs) I mean, I listen, I've cursed a lot on this episode. We're about halfway done. It's not swearing I'm concerned about. It's like, uh, I don't know. I have, Uh, I have words and they are. I I got you. You can hey. ask my husband. Um, when I go on a tear about stuff, I I, I can be very creative with the way I say it. Um, okay, so now we're at a city council meeting in Concord, New Hampshire. Population forty two thousand nine hundred. <laughs> Just random random question for you here: How many murders have they had in Concord, New Hampshire um, recently? I don't believe they've had any murders in Concord, yeah. New Hampshire. But what they're trying to say is they want more Mayberry. And less Fallujah. Yeah. Less Fallujah. Less Fallujah. What they're wanting, what what the police are wanting, um, are MRAPs. Yeah. Um, they want a bear cat. They and, want and these not the kind that come from Southwest Baptist University, baby. They want mine resistant ambush 
protected vehicles um, roaming in a, their streets. In a city that has had zero murders in the past year. And I think they listed like they've maybe had like two since like the turn of the century. Well, so like the some, citizens some, are there. crazy. Yeah. The citizens are there in the city council meeting opposing this military grade weaponry in their police force. And they're just, um, they are just completely opposed to well, it. And, and it's like, guy, it's like active service veterans too, who are getting up and they're being like, listen, I was in, I was in Iraq. I was in wherever. And like, we do for what happens here we do not need what I had to drive over there. And it's like, yeah, it's a great point, dude. You're in like freaking New Hampshire. Like, (laughs) And he he literally points out it's against the U.S. Constitution for the military to be used against its own citizens. Um, But this is basically a loophole, right? So, I mean, he, he had no idea that he was foreshadowing the clearing of Lafayette Square. He had no idea that he was foreshadowing all the things that were to come in 2020. But here he is testifying against his own city council in 2014, saying that it is literally against the United States Constitution for the military to be used against its own citizens. And um, we get an on-screen text that says, since 9-11... $34 billion in grant money has been given to the to police departments um, to subsidize the purchase of military-grade weaponry. Um, the Department of Defense has chipped in another $5 billion in free military equipment to U.S. law enforcement. Um, and the MRAP vehicles that we just spoke of are available for free under a partnership um, with the United States military. So I was like, whatever happened to, like, chips like you were too young for chips but like Eric Estrada and like the <laughs> like the motorcycles or the black and white police cars whatever happened to those like it seemed those were so sufficient for the longest time and all of a sudden now we have like tanks in every yeah every jurisdiction across America yep. yeah yeah and here's the deal I think a, a citizen mentioned the fact that in, in that city council meeting as you mentioned, like 9-11 was kind of like a big, like, oh my gosh, we got to do something. The odds of you getting killed by a terrorist, either domestic or foreign, is like one in 20 million. So like the excuse that they're giving for like why we need all this shit is just not valid anyways. No. Which leads us to believe, again, like we keep on harping on, the real reason they like do all this stuff is so they can harass minorities and poor people. Like that's literally... Or play with toys. Or just look cool. Yeah. Like that's literally like you don't need... You don't need to spend a quarter of a million of dollars just well, like for your ego check, bro. And to your point, first of all, Bob Russell is an MRAP driving instructor and they interview him and he says, we never train law enforcement. So they're no. out there on their own. Yeah. They never train them. Each one, each one of the MRAPs costs $1.2 million for U.S. taxpayers to manufacture. And he's just driving through a lot with hundreds of them. Like, you're like, you're just counting by the millions. And he's like, we have like, this is where military comes to train to learn these. But when we give these to law enforcement, they're just on their own. Like, they don't know what they're doing. And I'm kind of hopping ahead, but. That's okay. They, they, they do talk in a Senate meeting. Um, Claire McCaskill 
I mean, and this is across party lines, like Claire McCaskill and, and Rand Paul are both interviewing or asking oh, questions of this guy. Here's what I'd say about Rand Paul. Rand Paul is like hardcore, like, I mean, I guess technically he's a Republican, but he definitely drifts libertarian. more libertarian. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so he doesn't want anybody to spend any money on anything ever. So right. he's not coming at this angle from I, I want to I want to mention this. He's not coming at this angle from like, wow, we have a real problem with police in this country. It's, uh, it's, it's purely monetary for him, mm-hmm. which I mean, I guess it, the result is is maybe the same, maybe. But like at the end of the day, it's like. Bro, you're not you're not in it for the right reasons. You just well, don't like spending money for right? whatever. Both reasons are valid. I, I think. mean, both I reasons mean, are valid, but I think like, you, we should we be are, prioritizing one this, over the other. Yeah, we should be prioritizing human life over over money. But really, government like this is these are our tax dollars. And and Claire McCaskill makes a good point. She said some of this stuff has never been used. So am I right to say that you're still making these things to sell to the United States? And she's asking this guy, um, the, the representative of the, of the, I guess he's Department of Defense or is he yeah. like just, yeah. he, he's in the military uh, triangle somehow. And he's like, um, they're, they're selling not just the MRAPs, but freaking bayonets. Yeah, bayonets. Claire, Claire McCaskill, straight up. What, what do you need a bayonet for? And he's like, uh, uh. <laughs> he has the longest um known yeah, to man. Because you and don't then, need a bayonet. She asks him, "Are we tracking usage data for military grade weapons?" And he just answers, "No, nope, we're not. We're not tracking this spending in any way, shape, or form. So it's just like an open." Uh, work order. It's an open, like they're just, just ordering and ordering and ordering all these military grade weapons to just go out to all these different jurisdictions across the country. So in, um, in Juneau County, Wisconsin population, wait for it, 26,000. That's a, Murders, a, zero. You guessed it. MRAP one. Um, well, I say MRAP one. I made that up because he said what he said. Um, Sheriff Brent Olson said um, he required this MRAP through the government 1033 program, and he said this will be my first time driving this one. This one, which when I said MRAP one, I was making notes to myself: murder zero, MRAP one. But then he said this will be my first time driving this one, so it made me yeah. go: Do you have more than one? One hundred percent, I have more. Hey, cool little bonus nugget here uh, for you and all of our listeners. Do you know uh, under which president we started the 1033 program? No. Uh, Bill Clinton. So, again, there you go. just Republican light, like yeah. Republican with a little bit of abortion, maybe. Like, that's all he is, really, at the end of yeah. the day. Like, he that's, was, he yeah. was very moderate. Yep, he was a that very was, moderate. That's pretty much it. Yeah, all you Republicans that hate Bill Clinton. Yeah, everybody who hates Bill. You don't. You don't have. You a don't reason really to. hate him. You just hate that he was a Democrat. It's and, just partisan. Yeah, it's yeah. only partisan. Yep. So, um, Sheriff Olson says uh, he introduces him to his, um, uh, I guess, deputy sheriff or whatever he is that is in charge of ordering through the 1033 program. And he says that the thing that they would use this MRAP for most often is, do you remember? 
It's like no knock warrants. And yeah. I'm like, nice. nice no man. knock warrants. I'm like, we need to be doing away with no knock. This is what Brianna Taylor was yeah. killed. In no knock warrants. Brianna Taylor would still be alive. And here's here's the other thing about no knock warrants too. Oftentimes the surveillance done on these things is is absolute shit work. Um, like we like let's take Brianna Taylor, for example. Um, the guy that they were looking for, he had not been living at that residence with her for months. Like, I think it was her, it was her ex-boyfriend. She broke up with him, I think like six months prior. Right. It was just, and so, so the guy they were looking for wasn't even there. And then later on, we see a no knock warrant about to be served in, oh, later oh, in this, this documentary. This Let's oh, it's just coming jump, up right and, now. Let's just go the, into yeah, it. We're just going to go into it. Let's they're, just go into they're, it. They're doing the briefing, and they, this is what this is what they say verbatim. I have seen pictures of him with kids, but I haven't seen any toys in the front yard, so I don't know. Like, there may be kids there. There may, there may or may not, not be kids there. Doesn't say anything about anybody maybe being disabled in the house. Doesn't say anything about old elderly. Didn't even mention, like, the, the pictures they have of him with kids. They didn't even mention how, like... They didn't even mention how old the kids were. Clay, like I literally had to rewind this. Yeah. It was so shocking. This scene was so shocking. I had to like take it all the way back because I was like, am I watching what I think I'm watching? It was we're so being shocking. passive about children. Like you're running into a house with flashbangs and live ammunition and you're not a hundred percent sure if there's children. Listen, if you can spend, if you can, if you can take the time to acquire a one point two million dollar armored vehicle, okay, you should be able to have enough resources to get accurate surveillance and see who's in this house at what time, how many kids are there, are there any elderly people there, are there any disabled people there, like is you it. It's not, again, like it's about preemptive violence. It's not mm-hmm. about serving and protecting your community and making it a safe place. It's just fucking about looking awesome and destroying shit. Like that's mm-hmm. all it comes down to for these dickheads. Like that's all so they there, care there about. Like 10 to 15 of them. There's like 10 to 15 of them. And again, they're doing that, you know, all getting hyped up, hyping each other up. Yeah, bro. Like it raid. looks like they're about to go play a JV football game. Like oh, literally okay. that's yeah. what it looks like. It, yeah, totally. They're getting all hyped up armed to the teeth in broad daylight. It's a surprise attack on the air quote target. Um, and I'm thinking this dude must be armed and dangerous. I mean, he's, he's like a menace to, this dude must be a menace to society. I don't even know. They don't say what he's wanted for, no. but all I know is that he's the target. Right. Um, and so they like do this assault on his house. Um, so they're not fired upon or resisted in any way. They come in hot. They're like, everybody get down, get down, get down. They There's just start people shattering the yard, windows, breaking windows with sledgehammers. They're just knocking out windows for no reason. Putting elderly people in handcuffs, making elderly people lay down on the ground, breaking into their vehicles, breaking into their cars. They, they're not woman. finding any, any drugs. And they're like, they, there's they, gotta be And they event. keep saying, where's the weed? Where's the marijuana? There's gotta be weed here. You wanna know what they found? They found precisely one loose bud yeah, in one his blunt. backpack. 
Yeah, they did and this was, all over one blunt. The end of a blunt. Like, it had already been smoked. It wasn't even, like, actual Ugh. marijuana. And, and, like, okay, let's let's get off on this, too. All right? I've, I've been around... Listen, marijuana is so much, like, less dangerous than alcohol. Like, if you've ever been around, like, somebody that is high and somebody that's drunk... I would so much rather hang out with a group of high people than a group of drunk people. Like most of the time. Cause it's, it's a depressant. It's not, I guess alcohol is technically a depressant too, but like alcohol, you like, if you're hammered, you're probably going to be belligerent. You're probably going to underthink things before you do them. Like weed, everything slows down for you and you just get really contemplative about life and you just want to eat some like fucking Doritos. Like that's, that's it. So we shouldn't be criminalizing marijuana anyways. We should not be arresting grandparents and shattering windows over a smoked joint, like in a backpack. You know, if you're having to work that hard to find drugs to justify destroying property, destroying a private citizen's property, find something better to do. Like, please. Like, well, Here's the thing about this guy, about this situation that was so freaking frustrating to me. Um, after they were like so disheartened that they couldn't find anything, um, there were several things. First of all, um, right after right after they like took control of the scene, there were some officers in the yard that were like, "Man, that was so sweet. That was so sweet. That was awesome, like, bro. You did so cool." I'm like, high five. You guys settle the freak down. We like, just absolutely ruined a family. Destroyed whole year. these people's house. Yeah, that was bro. so that freaking was awesome. That's fucking sick, bro. And then they couldn't find anything. Then they found like a tiny half blunt in this guy's backpack. And then they were like talking about, oh, we've been here before. I can see, yeah. you can see where we knocked the door in before. We've yeah. done some of these houses four or five times. I'm like, get a life. Yeah, man. Get a freaking life. Like, what Jeez. are you doing? You're just like hounding these people. You're just like stalking some of these folks. Yeah. What? And this poor mama is sitting in the yard with her baby. She just looks exhausted. She just looks tired. She's like, get off my back already. Yeah. So, so this dude, this kid who's, it was his backpack. They're like trying to talk to him about having, having possession of this blunt and, He's like trying to explain, yeah, I'm I have a lawn mowing business and I go to school. I'm in I'm in like Yeah, he's like going to school to technical be, school. He's, he's in tech school to like work in like building, engineering, something. I don't remember exactly what. So anyway, it's like construction. Yeah. And I'm like horrified. I'm like, why yeah. are you harassing this kid? Let, yeah, leave this dude alone. They're like, okay, well, we're gonna send you to jail for possession. He's like, all right, fuck it, like whatever. And then they're like, do you have anything in your pockets? And he's like, yeah, my boss was coming by to pick up, pick up a lawnmower. So he's a thousand bucks cash, which his boss is coming to pick up from him from his job. And they're like, oh yeah, well, where he says for his boss, for his job, but we're just going to seize it. So they end up taking about $1,000 cash away from this guy. Seizing his money, money, which is another thing, again, going back to John Oliver, um, they have an excellent thing on this uh, in police forfeiture. Um, They interview, there's a story of a gentleman who was going to buy a 
a vehicle. He was traveling across state lines to buy a vehicle and he's going to pay cash for it. Cop pulled him over um, and asked him if he had any large amounts of cash. He said yes for the car that he was going to buy. Pulled up the Craigslist emails. Everything had proof that that's what he's attained. That's what he was Cop doing seized it. it. Cool story. According to the FBI, um, at this point in our country's history, on a yearly basis, police are seizing more property from private citizens than burglars are actually stealing. So uh, police police are taking more money from citizens and like civil forfeitures than people who are actually getting robbed. So like if we literally the biggest threat of you getting robbed is not somebody like, physically breaking into your house and robbing you it's literally the fucking police it's some bull how backwards is that how backwards is that so um in the and, 1980s there were 3000 SWAT deployments a year on average in which 2005 is still way too many it's like yeah. 3000 I mean, nationwide, I could see 3,000 nationwide, and, yeah, but that maybe. was in the 80s. In 2005, it was it had jumped to 45,000 per year. In 2014, 45,000 had increased to 50,000 to 80,000 per year, depending on where you and live. It's like they just, yeah, it's like they just kept, they stopped keeping track. Like they they're can. just like somewhere between 50 to 80,000. For well, all we I know think, now in 2021, it could be over 100K a year, which is just... But, so upsetting. Well, and it's, I feel like it's because they have these, these jurisdictions have all this, all this, um, swag, you yeah. know, they have all this stuff. They have to all this play. shit. They have these toys. Yeah. So in Richland County, um, South Carolina, um, I also had to rewind this part. Um, this freaking sheriff's department, it's a sheriff's department, man, SWAT team on a sheriff's department, which that never used to happen. Like, like, it's like that was left to the um, police departments of the larger jurisdictions to have the SWAT teams. And now it's like these little tiny, um, little tiny jurisdictions have their have SWAT teams. And um, and this little team leader, Ricky Ezel, Ricky, I'm going to call you out. Um, the weapons and gear. And he was asked what they were training for. He said he was training for any sort of circumstance, including weapons of mass destruction, ISIS, <laughs> what? or um, or serving a search warrant, like or anything to do, or serving or, a search or, warrant, or, or, or anything to do with like what happened in Missouri. It goes, it goes, weapons of mass destruction, foreign terrorism. I misspoke about the search warrant. He said anything that happened or like anything that happened in Missouri. Like uh, he's talking about police police having to screw up more because they already screwed up in the first place. So we're going to be, we're going to equate protests. It's good to know that there's levels to this stuff. It's good to know. Yeah. (laughs) ISIS WMDs. At least we know where we stand now. (laughs) Ricky is living back. In 2000, like the, he's living back way back in like the early 2000s when, you know, Saddam Hussein and when we were looking for weapons of mass destruction. And we didn't like, find he's living any. back then. Spoiler alert. 
Yeah. <laughs> Spoil alert, Ricky. Which, there. Hey, man. Listen. Also, according according to the FBI, again, we're going to go back to the 2019 FBI crime statistics right here for your boy. Um, just anybody out there, if you're actually concerned about getting murdered, um, and you kind of are like, hey, man, maybe it's good that like police are going to like drug dealings and like doing all this stuff and harassing all these people. Um, if you are going to get killed, if you're going to get murdered in the United States, I believe there's like a 45 to 50 percent chance as a middle aged white man um, and not like a middle class middle aged white man was like the biggest murder like demographic. And it's going to be someone you know. So, it's going to be someone um, you know. It's not like, going to be random. Yeah, it's not going to be random. It's not going to be anything like that. So these police that are like doing all this excessive shit for like half of a joint um, in in somebody's backpack underneath their homework. You know the cost? The um, cost involved in that is ridiculous. Yeah, the cost involved in that's ridiculous. Statistically, it's really not helping anybody. And also nationwide too, if we want to talk about the fact that white people and black people use marijuana recreationally at the exact same rate, despite the fact that black people are twice as more likely to get searched for it and like four or five times more likely to actually go to prison for it. Um, and listen, that's just according to the American civil liberties union, I think. So, you know, what's up with that? Um, oh, Ooh, is it, is it, uh, what's up with that? What's up what's with up that? With that? I'm going to say, no. we're going to get into that in a second yeah, after I say one more thing about our, hey, our good team leader, Ricky Ezel. Drop He's it. also said that um, aside from ISIS and WMDs, he wanted to just make sure they were prepared for ruly crowds. Ricky, I think you meant unruly. Well, I'm just going to say yeah. education of our police is another thing. We and need to uh, Ricky, also, <laughs> as I previously stated, I just I really want to drive this point home. Uh, really, the only time we have an unruly crowd is because one of your comrades kind of kind of uh, fucked up there and uh, screwed the pooch. And that's why people get upset. So it's like, it's your own fault, bro. The only time we have people really protesting in the streets is when law enforcement like really screws up really bad and an unarmed person ends up getting killed. Um, So, you know, like maybe if police didn't murder people, uh, we wouldn't have to like, you know, go take to the streets. Uh, And here, this this is way off topic too. This is another thing I'm going to get into. Like, I remember in elementary school, like, learning about MLK and, like, all of his nonviolent stuff. And they're like, yeah, he took to the streets and they would, like, just march on the roads super peacefully. And then it's like, you know, like, fast forward to, like, 2020 after George Floyd gets murdered. And it's like, that's exactly what people are doing. And it's like, oh, no, you can't get in the streets because, like, people need to, like, drive there and, like, cars and ambulances. And it's like, bro, you spent a whole generation of like millennials and Gen Z's like pointing at Dr. King being like nonviolently protesting in the street. That's how you actually bring about change. And then our time comes to actually do that stuff. And it's like, well, actually, never mind. Not but so the traffic much. needs to flow. The, tra- the traffic needs to flow. But what about the traffic? What about the traffic? traffic? Oh, hey, at the end of this documentary, too, uh, it might have been at the beginning. I want to talk about this. and We never did. Um, another thing about, uh, rioting and looting giant misconception here. Um, there's a scene where in Ferguson, the police are moving down the street and all of a sudden you just hear there's people in that building and they were mannequins. You you pan over 
it's headless mannequins mm-hmm. in a store window and you just see the police go like through the strip mall breaking down doors so like that's another thing you have to keep in mind too when you see pictures of rioting and looting um it is very well documented at this point that in Minneapolis, several of the fires were started by law enforcement. Um, and like, I think there was one in like a auto zone or like a O'Reilly's or something that was started by, uh, yeah, that was started by a law enforcement officer. So a lot of these disillusions that you see in the media of, and I'm sure there is some actual legitimate rioting and looting, but there is tangible evidence that a lot of it is, staged by police like a lot of it is made to look like people did it when it was actually the law enforcement themselves doing it and speaking of o'reilly's y'all need to shop at o'reilly's shop at o'reilly's sell some good auto parts at o'reilly's good folks o'reilly's if you're listening to this o'reilly you probably don't want to sponsor us because of my big mouth but (laughs) We're open to talk if you are. So, <laughs> anyway, okay, so we're just going to fast forward to uh, Ferguson. They're awaiting a grand jury decision. Um, Officer Wilson, um, they're just trying to determine whether there, there will or will not be charges. Everybody's outside just awaiting to hear this. And then they, they determine that no charges will be, fired, will be filed. And then uh, you hear uh, the police shouting threats and, um, and then there's a cop saying, which I really like this part. They're like face to face. I mean, you see a lot of controversy, you know, going back and forth. But there's this one cop going, I don't hate you, bro. I love you. I love you. And he um, said, I've known you since you were like six or whatever. Is well, that that's what a different about? cop. Oh, there were there were that, there were some like a, a lot of arguing between this one cop and, you know, who clearly has lived there for a long time. But there was this one who was just had a very peaceful like non-adversarial tone. And he was like, I don't hate you, bro. I know your family seemed to live. I mean, he was just had a very um, conciliatory tone. And I think like he was like the poster child for how, like he had the posture of what yeah. things need to be like. And I again, thought. I think that's a good dude. That's a dude I would go have lunch with and, and talk about some stuff with. But mm-hmm. again, He's, that dude that you were talking that, about is like he was screaming at the yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I got confused there. But the guy that you, the different dude, too many dudes. We need some mm-hmm. more women up in up in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the dude that you mentioned, the dude that you mentioned, uh-huh. um, I remember him now. Uh, again, like that is somebody who I would say like is a good person that happens to be a cop that that was like what I was talking about earlier. I think there are good people that just happen to be police officers that maybe I would encourage them to find something else to do with their lives to like well, maybe make some okay. actual change. Cause I here's think the deal. That- They're going to get snuffed out by the, the bad cops are so overwhelmingly going to like snuff those people out. We've talked about this with the little rock PD. All right. Like you've, we, we've had this discussion with like the little rock police department, like the chief is like a good dude that like wanted mm-hmm. to see, but he's kind of getting like, he's been kind of overrun at times by the bat. And he's like the chief of the police department. I know. So, it. Oh so, my so my point is, is like, if that can happen to him and he can have some good stuff to add to the conversation where he's willing to admit that law enforcement does like make mistakes and stuff. 
he's getting overrun by his employees who are kind of like going over his head and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If that can happen mm-hmm. to him, think about how that can happen to just like a regular dude right? working on a street. Like that's right. my and whole point. He's like point. trying to change the culture. Yeah, for that's within. my whole point is like right every, every time you try and the whole like bad apples bullshit that people say a couple bad apples, bro, if there's a couple bad apples in the barrel, you got to throw out every, all of it. Cause the mold spread, like it gets and to I'm the rest of the apples. In there. I'm going to drop this in there while we're talking about this, about little rock police. Like, um, Mayor Frank Scott has done a really good job of trying That's to partner. Dude. I want to see him uh, run for governor. I want to see him run for president. Amen. I want to see him do everything. Amen. Frank, and amen. If you're listening, Mayor Scott. But he had asked for a top-down investigation of the Little Rock Police Department. And from what I can tell, I mean, I picked at that for a while. I picked and picked at it. And I can't tell that that has occurred. Nope. And. I've even asked I've even asked some people that are in the know in the Little Rock area and I can't tell that it's occurred. Um I can't I'm like Bill Barr himself visited Little Rock and I'm like if you if a mayor of a jurisdiction asks for a top-down investigation uh, internal invest or, you know external investigation because of internal issues and the mayor asks for an internal investigation and it does not occur red flag like red flag right red flag. like who is in charge Right, like if the mayor himself indicates that there are issues at hand, bad cops are in charge. That's who's in charge. Mm -hmm. I'll like I'll just tell you. And you can't have a culture change. You cannot have a culture change if you're the chief of police is asking for a culture change and he's trying to lead for a culture change, whether that be by community policing or what have you. We have to have police in our society to lead us. For you know, we have to have law and order. We have to. If we don't have laws and we don't have uh, ways to um, execute the law, um, we're not going to have a civilized society. We have to have police, but we have to have good police. We can't have garbage police. So, which we have anyway, a lot of. We have an abundance of. If if the number of bad police we had were directly equated to um, like climate change like we'd already be we'd already be in trouble we'd all be floating in the we'd ocean all, we'd all be yeah the earth would cease to exist at this point okay so so gary mccarthy was um a member of the president's commission and Poli- commission on, on policing in 2014 and he said he was just aghast at the way that the um situation in ferguson was handled he was is just a gas i mentioned earlier yes, yes. the yeah. gentleman you and i'm going to tell you something robert white was a gentleman that was um that served on the same commission on policing for the in the trump administration and these these things just continue and continue and he said many of the same things um and i just happen to know that because i um, am a weirdo and i like to uh study things like this and, and dig into, um, issues like that. But I happen to know that the, the Trump commission, or I'm sorry, the president's commission on policing during the Trump administration gave similar suggestions about, um, about ways to change, um, policing. And it all has to do with recruiting, training, and, um, and the way we develop officers and, and, Honestly, community policing is the wave of the future. Now, they did talk about several of these um, new, uh, like aerial um, observa- aerial surveillance systems. Which I'm I'm not opposed to aerial surveillance. I think it's good for for where crimes actually yeah, occur. Like that's not. I'm not like opposed to that. That's cool. 
it's kind of true, true, hey, and related, and listen, right? The more cops that are up in the air, the less shit they can fuck up on the ground. So <laughs> that's another not wrong. So here's something they talked about: criminal forecasting, which I said this is a sticky wicket. Yeah, um, that's like where I draw the line. <laughs> well, listen, hear me out on this one. Hear me out. You'll like where I'm coming from. If you can predict a crime, you can prevent a crime. And I and I said, why not pre- play prevent defense and get way ahead of the game and address all the factors well ahead of time, and play the same on both sides of the fence Listen. in policing and in crime prevention. Okay. So I have been on this. I have been on this train for. Ever Like, if you are going to play crime prediction, this is where they get into over-policing certain areas of the of, of cities. They over-police because yes. they think they're, they're crime mapping and yes. they're, they're saying, we can predict that crime is going to happen here because of this, you know, factor exactly. or another factor. But I'm like, if you can play, if you can predict, play prevent defense and get way ahead of it and, and, and just well ahead of time. The factors are exposure to violence, education, poverty. Get way, way, way ahead of it. And so when kids are two and three years old, get early intervention, early, 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 early. Yes. Reading, all of those things, and invest government dollars into those funds. Yes, and, I agree with you on that. Well, I'm going to flip the coin yes. and also talk about policing. Also, predict Use that same technology and predict who's going to be a garbage cop yeah, okay. and never hire okay. him. I'm tracking with you. I like that. Okay. If you're going to crime map, if you're going to forecast on crime, hey, forecast on policing. Let's forecast some terrible cops. All right. I'm, let's forecast I'm that. Tracking. Use that same. There we go. I mean, if you're going to use it for, for crime forecasting, crime mm-hmm. forecast your own self. Cops commit a lot of crimes. So there you go. Crime forecast your own selves. I, okay. I like where, I did not like where you started with that. I liked where you ended up with that. I knew my, you were going to like My concern with this is, as, as forementioned, a lot of crime is manufactured. A lot of crime is made to look like there through the over policing and whatnot that you mentioned. So my fear is because like having a baby blunt in your yeah, backpack. So that's we don't crime. we don't have I I don't have that trust with law enforcement to where I think this technology could be used for good. I think it could I could see it going the polar opposite direction of what you described. And being like, oh, we're going to crime forecast. And I feel like that could be like a code word for over-policing even more. Because if you Mm -hmm. just look at the data, if you look at the data of where they think crime happens the most, they're going to over-police even more at that point. So that's kind of where my fear comes into play. You know what I'm saying? I've got one thing to add. Add something. Um, Throw it in here. There is there is a guy here in Kansas City who who did this um, this training on policing. Who it was like this art. He he uses this um, technique in training cops. Um, and I'm not sure if this Arbinger pyramid of influence is just part of why he part of how he trains. But I mean this this type of thing is is useful in in just dealing with people in general. But it was like you have to – it's like relationship-oriented, which is super, like, community policing-based. But it's like if you if you just go in, like, historically, like, you will – I'm the cops, you'll obey me regardless. 
um, it's not going to get you very far. But basically, um, what what I understand in the um, in the vignette that I was told is that his story was that he like went in and was like giving this guy an order like sit down, you know, sit, you know, put your hands up and sit down. Yes. And uh, the guy was like not obeying, but like a deer in the headlights. But he came to understand that the guy was not obeying. Like, why was the guy not obeying? What was going on? Well, it turns out the guy had just had surgery. And if he sat down, he was going to rip stitches or something. So it's like, you have to get out of the, get out of the, like the baseline is get out of the box, get out of the, get out of your, like this person will obey me at all and build relationship and then listen and communicate. Yeah. It's compliance gaining. Yeah. Like it, it, and it's like a it's like a pyramid, and the very very top very very top tier of the pyramid is correction. Like you're not going to be yeah. able to correct somebody's behavior unless you have all these other things that are built. And and I know people are out there listening, or may maybe nobody's listening anymore. It's just you and I talking they might conversation. They're like off giving up. They're now. like this, this this is too freaking long. I wouldn't be surprised. But, right, everyone's like tapped out. They're like this episode's too long. But um, but nobody's ever. You know, the people may think that's not what police are here to do or whatever. But I, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Like if you're going to be a person that represents, um, the government, if you wear a badge and you carry a gun, that's threatening. It is very threatening. You have power that, um, is heavy handed, right? So with that comes a lot of responsibility with, you know, that, that comes, there, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And you can't just go around wielding it like a, that's just, you can't be heavy handed with that. You have yeah. to be very careful with it and delicate yep. to some degree. Yeah. So that's my TED talk. That's a good that. TED talk. That's a good mm-hmm. TED talk. Um, I have a final thought here. Give it to me. Make, we should have more left leaning women be police officers hmm. because men ain't shit. And um, we've seen where the, the testosterone boosted retired JV football players have gotten us and, and policing and it's not great. So, well, and um, more crisis intervention teams on police that, that, um, that ride along with police officers because mental health is such an issue and you can't yeah. address mental health. Yeah. More mental the same way professionals working in law enforcement. We should be, we should be having trained mental health professionals handling nonviolent situations. Obviously. Absolutely. I feel like that should just be a given. Like, I feel like we shouldn't even have to say that. And it shouldn't, that thought shouldn't be like, Oh man, like, wow, that was like, really changing something just just being more of a human being on calls than not just like i've heard some really good um reports about police that are that just respond to calls like by just de-escalation training and like seriously de-escalation training not just like that's required and you jump through the hoop or do the paper program or do the in-service because you're required to do it like literally take it to heart and if you and honestly, I'm a big fan of like three strikes are out rule and qualified immunity needs to go bye bye. And our legislation needs to get on this George Floyd Act. Yeah. 
Because listen, we've done the we've done the um, infrastructure bill. It's over and done. Cool. It's done. Let's it. get on George Floyd. Call your congressman, people. Yeah. I Tell hey him. personally, call your senator. It's in the Senate now, I so call your senator. Emailed Governor Kevin Stitt of Oklahoma several times this week and called him. Good twice. job, Clay. So get involved with your local government. Uh, let you even if it's not your local government, uh, as the Dr. King said, if there's injustice anywhere it is a threat to justice everywhere so if you see any injustice going on speak out don't be afraid of the repercussions because in the big picture in the grand scheme of eternity what you're doing matters a lot more um yeah you got anything you want to add um no, I might need to change my shirt. I yeah. think I've sweat. Hey, this, this episode's this episode been lot. tough. Listeners, if you've made it this far, you deserve something. Go get yourself go get yourself a little treat. If it's happy hour, go to Sonic. Go to Chick-fil-A. For me, it's a McChicken. That's my, or not. That's or my special if treat. You're, if you're Canes, so inclined. Whatever. Whatever you want to do is slims. However you want to treat yourself. You des- For listening to this podcast in its entirety, you deserve to treat yourself. Um, treat, treat yourself. All right, you, is that you good? I'm All great. Right. I'm well, great. I'll, we love you we guys. Love you. God loves you. God loves you. Maybe don't trust week. the police as much. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or advocate for reform. Advocate for better police. That too. So yes, that, community so that way you can that. trust the police eventually. Oh, oh my gosh! And, and shout out to Officer Norman who works in North. Little Rock. Officer Norman, you do hey, great work and you Officer are a Norman. bright shining light on a hill. Yeah. Officer Norman, shout out to you. Yes. All right. Bye. All right. Well, we love okay. you. God loves you. We'll catch you all later. <laughs>